2: 2018 consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I am your host, Court, the guy who shouts into the void so goddamn long you swear he's gonna blow out a vocal cord, but never seems to. And the guy who
1: seems to be taking an over on that bet is my co-host, Matt! I mean, it'll never happen. I'm almost positive you're gonna be okay.
2: Oh, that was pretty close, man. Yeah, I, I was yeah. I was pushing it a little too far that time, man, and it, I felt it. It was starting to hurt when I stopped. But then I have to do the rest of the intro to the show all shouty-shouty full of energy and you know trying to hide the pain in the crying clown inside
1: oh, i mean really you don't think the rest of the hour we do this show isn't not hiding the crying clowns we have inside oh yeah we're,
2: <laughs> we wear the crying clowns on our sleeves
1: on our, <laughs> yeah pretty much definitely on our sleeves <laughs> yeah. it's real bad <laughs> yeah uh
2: it, it's been um, it's been an experience I've been slowly trying to uh, reintegrate myself into society uh, I had a few events uh you you had your like cookout thing for uh, Labor Day that I, I went to and I was not comfortable the entire time <laughs> I just went and hid under a fucking apple tree away from everybody yeah and-
1: fucking pulling your best fucking uh, Isaac Newton out there.
2: Yeah, but I aimed myself between the limbs and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And I actually had a good, I had a big branch directly over my head so that it would have to fall off to the side of it and it would have been a glancing blow. And I can take an apple fall to the shoulder. Yeah, it'll suck. It'll hurt, but I can take it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, you know, that, that was kind of a thing. And then, um, we went, it was a thing. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we went to the theater, uh, for the first That's time theater. this weekend. That's not a thing. Well, the theater is, is totally a thing.
1: thing. It's a thing. Is definitely a thing. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, and then the other thing going to your thing was... It's a thing. Yeah, that was a thing.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a thing. (laughs) But, uh, so, yeah, we
2: went to see uh, the the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, how was it? Well, I mean, it's an amazing martial arts film. Um, But what it really does well, and the thing that I really liked is it pays tribute to uh, mythical creatures from the culture that Shang-Chi is a part of. And oh, nice. And it pays tribute to um, a lot of the history in specifically for martial arts films and specifically uh, Shaw Brothers-style kung fu films. There is a technique or a type of um, wizardry sort of thing that they used to, I think it's referred to as palm power. I'm no expert, but I think that's what it used to be called. And it's basically like you saw it in um, Big Trouble in Little China where they do these mm-hmm. martial arts motions um uh lo pan and uh
1: (laughs) during (laughs) the big fight when they have the guys fight yeah yeah
2: they do these projections of these warriors uh-huh. that battle with like magic basically is what it's supposed to be well it's similar to that and there's a lot of that kind of palm power magic and anybody that knows anything about Shang-Chi should not be all that surprised that they have similar like you know the martial arts they yeah. can control wind or, or something like that like if you know anything yeah. about Shang-Chi you shouldn't be that shocked and I didn't see the trailer but I'm assuming that some of that shit was in the trailer as well you know
1: I don't really concentrates on these rings he has you don't really see a lot else in the trailer Yeah, like, at least the trailers I have seen mm-hmm. don't give out what his powers other than he's very good at martial arts but other than that it doesn't really give out what his like what the special powers of these rings will do right so at least it doesn't give out that
2: right and the the rings in this movie are like an extension of that sort of palm pilot but they're more like an Mm -hmm. enchanted weapon type thing that enhances the kung fu but you still have to know how to use them or manipulate them and it's kind of like that palm power type stuff that I was talking about as well And that's really fascinating because this is not only like the Marvel comics lens of that, that they wrote all those years ago when, you know, these types of comics that uh, the martial arts comics existed like this and like Iron Fist and that kind of stuff. But it's also filtered through another lens of like modern, like Disney Marvel aspects of things and trying to fit it into the new MCU and how that's going to work. And it's just like, I I was wondering how they were going to keep all the plates spinning. And now it's not going to be my favorite Marvel movie of all time. But anytime I want to watch another kick-ass fucking martial arts film, like if I'm in the mood for that. I'm going to this, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's very much a kick-ass martial arts action film that just happens to take place in that world. I got you yeah oh, cool yeah like I mean I don't know how else to describe it other than that and I'm only telling you that just because we're kind of talking and you know yeah but that was kind of a highlight but I'm sitting in the theater and the the, the covid is there I can just yeah. tell
1: it's there that, yeah you can just sense it
2: yeah that feeling you know and so when we're not we're, we we went to Alamo Draft house because it was open and when we're not eating we all had our masks on and everything and you know I was still trying to be protected as much as possible but I was very aware of the entire time that I'm eating I'm like yeah I this could be it I could be getting sick right now just to see this movie and yeah. Like that overwhelming sense of dread was like kind of looming on
1: me, you know? And then That's Oh, yeah. I mean, I've gone back to wearing masks now in public,
2: so. Well, yeah, I try to wear a mask as much as possible in public, especially in large. Like, if I'm going into a store, definitely, but, like, the larger crowds. But if it's, like, I'm at a friend's house, then I'm not that worried about it, because at least I yeah. know everybody that's there, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's just, I don't know. This this weekend was it's rough. Out there. Yeah, this weekend was rough on me. I tried to get, a, I got together with some friends. We actually had friends over at the house, and mm-hmm. I made a complete ass of myself quite a few times. It's just because my anxiety got the better of me, because I'm not used yeah. to having a bunch of people around. And I'm just dreading every moment of everything that's happening and not able to enjoy having all these friends together, you know? And then by the time I do start enjoying it, I'm worried about how much of an ass I just made of myself.
1: <laughs> ah, isn't having fucking like paranoia like that feel just fucking super?
2: Yeah. General anxiety disorders are just yeah. fucking wonderful to have. Yeah. Aren't they
1: fucking great? Yeah. Where like you, I enjoy you, mine so much,
2: <laughs> right? But I mean, it was an amazing time. I had a, so much wonderful, like uh, just a lot of fun with just a, a couple of folks that were hanging out. We were watching movies and chilling, and it it was nice, you know. It was nice. it was. But the entire time, my fucking anxiety is going crazy. And by the way, we did the theater after the hangout with the friends.
1: <laughs> oh wow!
2: Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to make sure that like when we were getting together with that group, that we weren't going to be, you know, near them before the, you know, like, like didn't want to go to the theater before that. Um, Yeah. I mean, if it were just me and my wife right now, I wouldn't be as worried about it, but we have a house guest who happens to have some, you issues, uh, or like the immune system is not as strong as it possibly could be. They get sick very, very easily. And I'm very concerned with all these activities we're trying to do for this house guest, you know, or
1: if anything
2: that my wife or myself,
1: especially in this state, well, Well, and we just have a general shithead running it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Things are not going well COVID wise for our state, but like what what I'm basically getting at is I realized this weekend and last weekend from being at your house and I did some reflection and I'm looking at myself and um, I'm way more of a mess than I thought I was, dude. And and I have a lot less capability of maintaining and or um, like not necessarily controlling that mess or like keeping it together in all of this like garbage fire that is my brain. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like uh, and I think. I think the solitude was so good for me and being completely alone was so good for me. And now I have to get used to not wanting to kill everyone around me at all times.
1: Well, good luck with that. Because <laughs> the people who live here are going to make that almost next to fucking impossible.
2: I'm just talking about within my own friends when I get together with
1: people. <laughs> and again, I say good luck with that because the people. <laughs> right. And I'm mostly referring to your cookout. <laughs> And I say good, good luck with that, because the people who are there are going to make it nearly fucking impossible.
2: Yes, and we, we know that. And no one cares about any of this. What they really no. tuned into is to hear us talk about an Umberto Lenzi slasher film,
1: Hitcher, Hitcher in the dock. Uh,
2: how much do you want to bet this was influenced by the Hitcher movie that like was all over HBO and made it into theaters and then went all over HBO?
1: Probably, yeah. I don't know if I ever saw that one, though.
2: You've never seen Hitcher? I don't think so. Holy fuck, man. We have to bring back remedial horror just to teach you that uh, one. Jesus.
1: I guess. Jeez. Yeah. All right. So The Hitchhiker, oh.
2: uh, I think it was, Um, was it R- Rugger Hauer, right? Yeah. Rugger Hauer and C. Thomas Howe. And Rugger Hauer is like making his life miserable and like killing people everywhere. He's a hitchhiking serial
1: killer. Maybe I have seen it. And I just don't remember. Because oh, <laughs> you mention it and I'm like, oh. It's in Thomas Howe. Yeah. yeah you, you, uh, you
2: know, if you don't remember it after seeing it, that's almost more of an insult than telling Hitcher you've yeah. never seen it.
1: Oh, uh, well, I, I let's just stick with I've probably never seen it. Yeah, let's not <laughs> let's
2: not insult Hitcher and all of the people who are like super mad that you already yeah. haven't seen it. Like they'd be even yeah. more mad if you saw it but don't
1: remember it. Yeah, let's not besmirch Hitcher <laughs> then.
2: Now, umberto Lenzi has been on the show a couple of times. We've seen some cannibal films he's done.
1: We watched uh-huh. one of his earlier Giallo's. What I like is that this is an Italian film based in America.
2: <laughs> well, there's a lot of Italian films made in the 80s-ish and then late 80s that were based in America and shot in America.
1: Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I was about to say because everything, like, it, there was no bad dubbing because you could tell these were American actors.
2: Right. Well, they still shoot without sound because that's just Italian production. And The movie I was trying to yeah. think of was Eyeball that we did where the lady was tearing out eyes. You know, the killer was tearing out eyes.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Um, so we did watch that one and uh, we did Spasmo. With, that was his too. Umberto Lenzi, I do believe. Ah, yes. Yeah, Spasmo. Yeah. yeah. So we've hit a few of his giallos and what I've found so far is it seems like instead of it being a certain genre that really um, makes him like be happy and really put To throw his back into it with Lindsay, it seems like there's a demarcation point in time where he kind of goes from being a guy who makes some excellent, like, murder mystery type Giallo thrillers and horror films to just like another one of these workman Italian director guys that are turning out things like Hitcher in the Dark, which is a slasher film. Yeah. Now, I am not trying to besmirch Hitcher in the Dark at all, but what I am telling you is I was convinced that Hitcher in the Dark was directed by somebody else the entire time I watched it because I just picked it up, forgot everything I knew about it, because this is another one that sat in the box for a while until we covered it. And now mm-hmm. that now that we're covering it and I'm watching it and it wasn't until like I was really paying attention towards the end of this, the credits that I realized it was directed by Umberto Lenzi. And until then, I didn't think it was directed by him at all. It had no earmark of the films that I mentioned before or any of the other horror that I was familiar with like when he did like the ultra sleazy like cannibal movies that he did (laughs) like make them die slowly and stuff I think is his I can't really remember off the top of my head but anyway uh, it's just it's different it's like just kind of I don't want to say it's phoned in comparatively but it's not you can tell there's not as much love for the craft in this one I mean yes he has much less money but you know it's I don't know I I just don't know how to describe it it's like 80s yeah cannibal pharaoh make them die slowly yeah he did do that Uh, Nightmare City eaten alive. We've covered Eaten Alive and Cannibal Faroe, but. What I'm talking about here is this timeline, right? It seems like once 1980 rolls in, and once he already makes eaten alive, Nightmare City, and Cannibal Farrow. Did
1: we do Cannibal Foro?
2: Yeah, I think we did make them die slowly. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know we did the alive. So. No?
1: Yeah, I don't think so.
2: Yeah, we did. Uh, we we did the alive because I think that's one that has more agenda. Yeah, gems the right. alive, we did. No, no, yeah. it's me lie because I just bought in that Blu-ray, right? Oh, but yeah, oh, yeah, maybe we haven't done Cannibal all yet. I think I just kind of backed away from the cannibal movies after we hit a couple of them.
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, you
2: know, and and cannibal is not my absolute favorite it's probably one of the more sleazy cannibal films and that's kind oh. of what we've seen i mean we've some of the stuff that we covered this later umberto lenzi like house on the edge of the park we did cover yeah. that one and that one just got mean spirited and just rough and trying to hurt people's like sense yeah. of well-being
1: you know and it's exactly yeah
2: <laughs> once we got to those areas in that that era in what i'm talking about is like it seems like after 1980 he just started grabbing whatever projects he could turning them out like workman director style Still making excellent films for that specific genre. But like when he started targeting those specific things, he just basically, I don't want to say painted by the numbers, but like it doesn't have as much inspiration or heart behind it, I think. And it's weird because as far as slasher films go, Hitcher in the Dark is a perfectly serviceable, fine slasher film. And for an Italian slasher film, it's even more than what I would expect because the Italian slasher films were just ripping off the films that were ripping off their films. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. because slashers ripped off giallos and you know the Italians started ripping off slashers making their own slashers and then there we go
1: so then there you go it's a copy of a copy of a copy right we're talking third
2: generation slasher is basically what we're dealing with with some of the now not all of the Italian slasher films don't at me bro for everybody out there that's listening to this (laughs) but like a lot of them so we're getting to Hitcher in the Dark now and again if I just watch this without knowing anything or any of the credits or anything like that which is very much what I did with the at the start of it because I didn't pay attention to it it was just a name I was familiar with with, and I never really looked that deep into it, you know, because I knew it was an Italian slasher film. Well, as an Italian slasher film goes, it's excellent, but for an Umberto Lindsay film, I got some issues. Really? I'd expect more from Umberto Lenzi is all I'm saying. Like, and I feel like he kind of phoned it in a little bit and you can, you you can talk to me about this as well. And I just wanted to do the context of the other films that we've talked about, you know, Uh like to kind of, you know, what you can remember of them to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. And I kind of want to frame the discussion about this film around that, because as far as slasher films go, we don't have a lot to talk about other than, and then he kills her.
1: Yeah. Right. And then, you know, they get in a car and, uh, uh, people are now dead. Um, next you know right (laughs) unfortunately it's what we get here
2: right right and that's how slasher films pretty much always work the couple has sex the guy goes off to wash himself off and while he's hosing himself off the girl gets stabbed in the eyes with a pair of shears yeah. When right? the guy yeah. comes back to try and get some more, and out of these hosed himself off, he rolls the girl over, sees that her eyes are punctured, and gets his fucking throat ripped open or something.
1: Yeah, or he goes to, or, the, or it's flipped the other way, and the lady goes to wash off, and the dude gets you know visually wrecked, and then. You know, it's just, it's the same formula.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just sometimes you throw a leather strap across the guy's eyes and twist until his head pops open, like in Jason five, which I'm basically describing Friday the 13th pretty, part five. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: that's about
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and that's fine with me. I'm totally fine with that. I don't expect more from a film that is a slasher film and that's what it's going for. Like the, yeah. like the kid says in our theme at the beginning, it's just basically a guy running around killing people. That's all horror movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's a horror movie, and that's a slasher film. That's 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 what we're about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, and what we're about to do now is take the break, play the Legion Patreon ad, and music specifically geared towards RVs and hitchhiking for our episode for the folks with the Pirate Radio Edit when we come right back.
3: This'll keep you quiet. <laughs> oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
2: wheels by southern culture on the skids for those listening to the pirate radio edit and i have no idea what those of you that are listening to the main feed are going to be hearing i will try and match the tone of the music if i can and if there's anything royalty free out there on this site we have for legion that we get to use about rvs maybe i'll use that
1: yeah because fucking rvs are awesome i mean not in this movie obviously but i mean they're still pretty awesome
2: Depending upon your perspective on whether or not you're with the killer on this, RVs are awesome in this trailer.
0: Hey, you want to ride? Yeah, can you take me to the first bus station? Sure. You can't see me here! Stop it! Stop it! Let me go! Let me go! You bastard! Don't move or I'll kill you. Throw me the key to the camper. Quick! I said my-
4: What did he look like? He was about 20, I guess. He had on those mirror sunglasses. Stop! Ah! Oh,
0: I'll shoot. Ah!
5: Are you worried about your little friend? Huh?
0: Why are you torturing him? He had nothing to do with this.
5: Oh, that's it, isn't it, you little whore? You're afraid he won't be able to fuck you again, right? Leave her alone! You little pig. Let me show you what happens to a bastard like him. No, please don't.
2: Yes. Another one of those trailers that just pops up the title at the end so that they can put it in any language that you need to, to make the trailer work. And it's just a clip reel and a highlight reel and probably most of Matt's clips.
1: You know, uh, uh, not too bad, but I mean, they, they were there were a few there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So Hitcher in the Dark, 1989. Uh, yeah. Weird. And there's some stuff in this film that really made me think it was made in the 90s, like late 90s.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. We'll, you know, we'll talk about it when I we could- get there probably kind of see it in some of the sunglasses that's for damn sure
2: yeah i'm Um, i'm talking about specific jewelry worn upon a body
1: yeah oh well um well we start out her in the dark first 20 minutes dude picks a lady up in her rv they kind of have a terse moment where she's like you know hey um she said something fairly innocent and he gets all pissy about it being like, what do you think I am, some sort of asshole or something like that? And I'm like, oh well, well here you go. This is that guy right there. Shh, shh, shh. he's he's gonna be a dick.
2: Yeah, so, he took everything she said like seriously, like really yeah. to heart, and like got really pissed really fast. And it was a bunch of fucking red flags where that girl should have been
1: like, stop and let me out. Yeah, right. It's uh, this one's uh, kind of gonna bother me a little bit. And then we see the RV. It's nighttime, and outside the RV we hear a scream. And, uh, we see he has killed her and she is dead and she is half naked. She's just in her, uh, uh panties. Well, her, uh, her boobs
2: are out. She's in a pair of panties. Yeah. Her legs are spread in such a way. And the underwear on this particular Blu-ray, you can kind of see through all the way to the gateway to heaven. If you know what I mean? And I think you do. Um, yeah.
1: But it's still a dead body, so. uh, Right,
2: but I just want to point out that this body is posed in such an erotic way that if you would be disposed to be with those that are deceased, you would find this quite an erotic sequence, which I did.
1: Well, all right then. Um,
2: All I'm saying was, dead or not, she looked fucking hot, and thank you, movie.
1: All right. Well, he dumps her body in the swamp letting the gators eat her. And, uh, hey, we cut to some kids having, uh, spring break, it seems. They're all fucking dancing, uh, doing American kid stuff, apparently. Um, anyway, uh, we see some kids riding on dirt bikes, cause that's what Americans do. Uh, we ride on fucking dirt bikes. And, uh, we danced to boom boxes. That's, um, that's what we're about. That's what
2: we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: this, uh, where it's at.
2: um, this is, uh, yeah, it's clearly, um, not American kids, but it's American kids acting clearly not like American kids act. Like I just, I, they're going to a parking lot to dance in a yeah. public park. Yeah, There's no water there. There's nothing like really that they show that really attracts them there other than like there's some pavilions and they can hang out in a public park. Now, I admit if you got nowhere else to go, sure, kids are going to hang out in a public park. Why not? Right?
1: Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah. Totally believe that. Totally think that could be a thing that would happen. But in this, it just feels kind of forced, right? Like it's just like they had nowhere else to shoot. So they just threw them in the parking lot, played this, and had them like
1: parking lot, woods, and beach. It seems to be like uh, all three places.
2: (laughs) Right. But like you don't you can't tell where the woods are in relation to the parking lot versus where the beach is in relation to the parking lot. You just have to accept that this is some kind of a public park that the guy's gone into with the RV. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyway, we, uh, see a girl and a guy. They're kind of dancing together and the killer's there and you know, he's wearing these mirrored aviators and he's really like centered in on the girl. Well, uh, the killer gets in, has a drink of rum and coke and he's watching it and he actually bumps into that girl's. Uh, boyfriend, uh, and the boyfriend apologizes and kind of walks off and then some girls hit on him and he doesn't like respond to these two girls at all because they're going to the Madonna concert later and they're like, well, what are you, you know, why are you so special? And then they use some, uh, 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 words that I won't use. So it's not good.
2: Yeah, it was a homophobic slur for gay yes, men. There, there you go. go. That's the words we're homophobic looking for.
1: Homophobic slur is what we're looking for. Uh, so anyway, they leave, and then the boyfriend he starts making out with a different broad. Like
2: instantly, like they have like yeah. they have like a miniature spat, and he immediately starts shoving his tongue down under the chick's throat.
1: No, no. They even have a spat. The The girlfriend was not even there. He just decided to have, you know, make out with this girl. And the girlfriend comes over and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, oh, you don't understand. She's a friend. Hey, listen, I have a lot of friends. I, I don't greet them like that. So the girlfriend slaps him and leaves. And as she's walking, the killer picks her up in the RV and will take her to the next bus, the nearest bus stop. Well, they, uh, you know, they're getting to know each other, and that's our first clip. So,
5: what's your name?
0: Simon Boswell.
5: Yeah, and I'm Sting. I'm joking. My name's Mark. What's yours? I'm Daniela. She's Daniela, too. Daniela, that is. You look like her, you know?
0: Is she your girlfriend? Are you nuts? Why, how old is she?
5: She's 39. But she doesn't look it, does she?
0: Not at all. Donetska, that's a strange name.
5: It's Russian. She lives in Moscow.
0: So who is she? A ballerina, a spy, what? Stop it. Something wrong?
5: I don't like it when people say bad things about her. I love her. Do
0: you understand? I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. You don't have to get mad. Hey, listen, thanks for the- Wait, sign. why do you want to get out here? The bus station's still miles away. What's the oh, yeah, I want to walk, okay? Just pretend everything's normal, okay? He's looking for me. He sees me with another guy, he's gonna make a big scene.
5: I guess you saved yourself
0: reflexes.
5: I thought you were the jealous one.
0: I am, I guess.
5: If you only knew. Come on. Let's have a drink. Have a glass of Coke.
1: Thanks. Well, she drinks that Coke uh, after, you know, he had his little mini spaz out, which another red flag. Ladies, if a guy freaks out like that, get the fuck out of that car.
2: Don't drink anything anybody hands you upon first meeting them, especially if it's already in a glass.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 and and fellas, maybe stop being fucking creepy and get fucking put your mommy issues to fucking bed already, will you? Uh, we don't know that this is his mommy though, so uh, <laughs> spoiler, spoilers. Um,
2: uh, well, let's let's back it up a little bit here, Matt. While you're uh, insulting the psychopath in the film, right? Good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, be hateful for this fucking murderer, but he's a human being who has serious issues that drove him to this.
1: True, but he does things in this movie that make me hate him, so that's fair. Sorry. you
2: can hate the man for the actions that he did that made him a monster, but you also have to it, understand that monsters are not just automatically born. It's not always nature, it's <laughs> nurture too
1: and I never said he that there wasn't events that caused him to be like that, but eventually you lose sympathies when you do things to innocent people. <laughs> But if he were to get caught and then were to
2: begin the process of being punished for his crimes and then were to seek help, you also have to give them a certain amount of forgiveness so long as they are actually starting to atone for the things that they've done. I mean, yes. Now that I agree. Yes. But yes, it's okay to hate the actions, but to automatically condemn the person for the eternity of their life without at least some possibility of giving them rehabilitation. Sure. Now, having said that at a certain point, also you can just kill them.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying, his white privilege is fucking deep, and he doesn't use it to, you know, get better. <laughs> You're just upset that a
2: psychopathic killing monster has an RV that kicks so much ass and a leisure lifestyle that you wish you could have.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, what do you want from me? Nothing. I'm okay with it. It pisses me off, too, dude. All right. Good. Cool. Let's keep going. Anyway, so the, uh, the drinks is, of course, drugged. It's not coke. She... She passes out and she wakes up and uh, she's kind of handcuffed but he unhandcuffs her because she has to pee so uh she comes out of the bathroom after peeing and she sees a gun is kind of holstered on the wall and she's able to grab it and shoots him but he you know fucks around with her because they're just blanks so then she runs out of the rv she gets out and she runs away and she finds a place that's closed. But there's a pay phone, so she's able to call her sister, and she talks to her saying that she got taken, but she didn't know where she was, anything like that. But, you know, this is where, you know, this is what's happening, all this, and then he's, you know, ends the call for honor, and that's the final of that first 20 minutes.
2: An interesting setup, right? Like, yeah, I assumed that they had an argument, and he took off without her, and she had to walk to that park. Yeah, because I thought they were already fighting, and that's why he started making out. But you you're saying that what you saw in the film in that moment was
1: what I what I saw is he just started making out with the chick, and she just happened uh, upon him. She just walked in, and she was like what the fuck was that about? Well, then how and did, he's uh, like, oh, but she's my friend. And I'm like, well, uh-huh, all right. And um.
2: how did they destab- establish that they were a couple other than her walking up and screaming at him for making they, out with another girl?
1: They, during the dancing were made uh, kind of kissing and shit like that. You could tell you, you, kind of infer that uh, they were uh, a couple.
2: Because she was grinding on them and all that other stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you were supposed to be able to infer it.
2: Or maybe she was just throwing herself at that guy, and maybe she is a girl of looser morals that just happens to enjoy letting and enjoy her body.
1: That could be, but then you find out they are dating, so I think it's supposed to infer. Right, but <laughs> at this
2: point, yes, but are you retroactively in- inferring because you've already watched the entirety of the film?
1: No, I, I kind of took it as that was... What was up? Oh, see, I must. They were boyfriend and
2: girlfriend. I must have a more liberal uh, definition of boyfriend and girlfriend and what constitutes boyfriend and girlfriend and who is and isn't together in that they walked away from each other and he started making out with somebody. And I was like, oh, well, I guess uh, he's going back to his actual girl or, you know, that I just I didn't even think anything of it because I've seen people that have just met dance like that on each other.
1: And so have I. And But I guess I inferred it as. They were boyfriend and girlfriend.
2: You were you were applying the normal uh, American sensibilities to how couples work to yeah. a film that was made in Italy and makes things relatively unclear.
1: Possibly, but I was right. So obviously that's what they were trying to infer.
2: Okay, that's fair. And I like how we're logistically really kind of arguing about whether or not our interpretation may or may not have been correct in context of the movie and the minutia that is produced. Because I've got literally yeah. nothing else to really talk about this first 20 minutes. So let's move on.
1: All right, then. (laughs) Fucking A. Uh, Whatever it takes. So, uh, next 20 minutes, the boyfriend actually stops and talks to that sister. That's our next clip. Who would have kidnapped her? And why?
4: I don't know, I'm telling you. She didn't have time to tell me.
1: listen, do you think it's a joke?
4: No. I know my sister too well. She was terrified. She said something about a lunatic.
1: Did you call the police?
4: Yes, but they didn't believe me. They said hundreds of girls disappear every week after fighting with their boyfriends. Ah, idiots! I'm scared, Kevin. You have to find her before something happens to her.
1: Nothing's going to happen. Just let me take
3: care of it. Don't worry about it.
4: OK. Hey, dude! You still stay
1: at that lousy camp, bro? No. Listen, you guys haven't seen my girlfriend by chance, have you? What, she you? Yesterday morning. Listen, I couldn't uh,
5: swear by it because I just took a hit of acid, but I think I saw her
4: getting a camper at the campground entrance. A camper? I think so. (laughs) Or maybe John Wayne's horse. You are wasted. Come on, stupid.
2: All right, so uh, I just want to talk about this clip real quick. Um, I, I like that for whatever reason, whoever wrote this just decided to throw in that these guys were on acid, so they can't really be reliable witnesses, and yet the boyfriend yeah. still takes them at their word because we've got nothing else to do. I, I just, yeah. I just love this little character moment. And maybe it was Umberto Lenzi, the director, who threw that in. Maybe that was his decision. Maybe he was given more of a dud of a script that he punched up a little bit or as best he could as he was making it. In that case, then maybe that is why I should get off this fucking film's back. You know, who knows. But this section, this little piece here in this clip where they're talking about they're tripping balls and they don't even know if they got on a horse or if she got in a camper or whatever the fuck it was. And they're all just like
1: fucking loser.
2: Yeah. They're just like out of their fucking minds on drugs. I was like, man, I miss when I was a teenager and could be like that.
1: Me too. Right. The freedom. (laughs) The freedom just to be a fucking nondescript who gives a shit what happens you know earlier today later today anytime tomorrow <laughs> That kind of person
2: i always thought that i would be a future warning statistic for kids my age but it never happened i grew to be an old man
1: yeah same <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if i ever thought it'd be a warning i could still be a warning for some people but uh, <laughs> well I, you're I you've,
2: you've morphed into a cautionary tale in your
1: old age yeah, I really, I kind of have. Uh, when people say, Hey, I thought the good times were going to last forever. Quite frankly, I never thought I'd live this long. So, uh, yay for me. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, too bad for the people who have to take care of me later on in life. Uh, it's not going to be pretty, but you know, what the fuck. So anyway, uh, then we cut back to Mark, the murderer and Danielle. Uh, they are, um, they're talking and, uh, he's trying to get her to eat. He's like, you, you need to eat. And she actually picks up a fork he provided and stabs him in the shoulder. Um, and as he's trying to get her under control, cops show up because they're parked and they're kind of like, you know, checking everything out. So Mark, you know, reties her up and then has her, uh, he drugs her again. And it's like, you know, don't make any, you know, sounds or anything. And you know, you're like, fuck you, Mark. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> like go to hell, Mark. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, no one, no one will ever love you. And <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in that mode with this asshole. So anyway, he goes out there with the cops, and they just, you know, get his license, and they're like, uh, you know, you really shouldn't be parked on the beach like this. But then they find out he's the son of a hotel, you know. Uh, owner uh, like uh, he owns a series of hotels
2: they find out that he's so. a trump back in 1989 when that meant something good
1: yeah exactly possibly um, but
2: not really as in they had money and could buy their way out of shit
1: yeah yeah pretty much uh, you're, you're, you're exactly right. So the cops, then they, oh, find something in the back and Mark gets nervous. Cause what if, you know, they saw through a window, but it's just a broken taillight. They'll get it fixed. And, you know, everything's going to be a okay for this white guy. Uh, <laughs> You know, no, no problems here.
2: Uh, 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 <laughs> all right. So. A lot of this movie is Mark narrowly missing the margin and them trying to build tension, but that requires you to want Mark to kind of get away with it. So what, what you're really doing here is the tension is, will the woman from Melrose place get rescued before she gets murdered by this guy? Right. That's
1: what we're watching for.
2: And that is the tension that we're trying to build. Will Josie Bissett make it? Will Daniela make it? You know, that's what we're looking for. You know? Yeah.
1: (laughs) She was at Melrose place.
2: Yeah. She was one of the main characters. She was in like the bulk of the, fucking show really yeah
1: (laughs) oh wow so uh so he drives out into the forest uh and apparently that's where he's gonna be staying for right now and uh no one kind of knows what's happening and all of a sudden he starts cutting her hair cut her hair short you get a sense that uh, the woman in this picture that he kept showing really must mean something <laughs> so
2: okay you let it go already but can i just say right off the bat the minute i saw the photo and he was talking about her age and all of that stuff to the other lady yeah. it was obvious he's talking about his fucking mom he's obsessed with his yeah. mom and that he picked the girl so that he could compare her closely with the photo to decide whether or not he wanted to transform her into mom the first one wasn't close enough and the first one didn't cooperate enough or get drugged fast enough so so they died faster and more yeah. painfully. Daniela happens to be the lady from Melrose Place here. She got drugged easier. So he's just going to transform her against her. Well, he's just skipping a step. I think he's learning how to be a more efficient killer to maximize his entertainment value with each of his kills.
1: Yes. And or, or and it even could be that Danielle looks, because of also the same name this gets her a little more leeway
2: or close enough name anyway. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you can't let that one go either that
2: she looks kind of like her has the exact same name. And so he's yeah. going full gusto wants to just transform her, control her. Yeah. And what he's trying to do is with these, these ladies in the RVs, he's trying to program them and like, like basically break them down and destroy their, their will and basically kidnap them and keep them. And because no one will ever want to be someone else to survive and will always want to escape. it's it's a doomed mission. So that's where the insanity really comes in because he's always going to do this over and over again. It seems like he's fucking aware that he's deluding himself too. I think so. Yeah. And I, I think he's just like, he knows that doing this over and over again, makes him feel better so that's why he keeps doing it and i think he actually likes the killing part more of it anyway i think he just does this other thing because he's deluding himself thinking that he won't have to be violent he won't have to be like
1: yeah this one will be be different She'll always stay with me and won't make me angry, but they're always going to make him angry. Right. Exactly. As you you see in this uh, later on this movie, they don't have to actually do anything for him to get angry.
2: Right. Exactly. And as far as that goes, like some of the psychology that's wrapped up in this film, I mean, it's for 1989 is very solid, you know, the stuff that's pretty good, the stuff that they're doing here. And it's kind of at this point when he starts cutting her hair and transforming her into his mom that I'm like, holy fuck, this is psycho in an RV instead of on a hotel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's mommy issues on an RV instead of a motel.
2: Right, or mommy issues killer or, you know, whatever. The only difference is he's not transforming himself into mommy. They're just he's transforming the victims into mommy. So So they just kind of did that extra level. And it just feels very sort of Ed Gein influenced in the same way that Psycho was. Like, I don't know if they're taking it from the original source or if they're just like, hey, here's Psycho. Let's just use that, but throw it in an RV. But I mean... A lot of fucking slasher movies and a lot of fucking murder mystery movies and stuff like that are just basically going, okay, let's take Psycho and throw it in this.
1: Pretty much. You know,
2: yeah. there's, I mean, it's fucking Hitchcock. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that's kind of what we're doing with Hitcher in the dark. Here's what it feels like at this point.
1: True. And then, uh, so anyway, um, we get cut back to the boyfriend. He's watching jet skis and then he sees an RV camper. But, uh, t- as he watches a family comes out, not, not so much anybody else. So he knows. Okay. I guess. This one's not, you know, who I'm looking for. Now we cut back to Mike, and he's drying Danielle's hair, her new haircut looks just like the lady in the pic. Did it look like he dyed
2: it a little bit, too, in that shot? Because it gets lighter as the movie goes on again, but, like, it looked darker, like he dyed it for that particular
1: shot where he's drying it. Yeah, I could see that. I think it got darker, because she definitely had much more blonde hair. So, um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, he is, uh, he's drying it. Then we cut to the boyfriend's following an RV, actually. And, you know, you're like, oh, maybe did he find it? I don't know. Um, but he finds this RV that parked that he was following and he goes inside. It's empty. He's checking it out, but we see it belongs to a different guy. They have a you know combative because he's like, "Who? Why are you breaking into my RV?" Of course, the boyfriend actually knocks him out and is able to leave. Well,
2: he gets really uh, pissed because the guy, like, he gets the guy goes after him and he gets the better of the guy. Then the yeah. guy's just like, "I'm gonna kill you, you motherfucker!" And at that point, you know, our our main dude here, who's supposed to be our anti-hero, ex-boyfriend, boyfriend. Dude clocks him one, lays him out, and then gets away. But the the guy's anger he's he has every right to get every bit as pissed. I mean, the guy's
1: broken into his RV.
2: (laughs) First of all, he breaks into his RV, and then when he gets tries to manhandle the guy and throw him out of the RV, I think that's what he's doing, or basically kick his ass for breaking in, which is still justifiable. You should be that pissed. And then when the guy attacks you and like basically like hurts him, like he tosses him into something in the RV. I think he even broke something. And then he's like, "I'm gonna kill you, you son of a bitch." I would too. I don't
1: blame that dude at all not at all not at all <laughs> so um then we see daniel wakes up and she sees her hair and she kind of has a little freak out moment well anyway as you would
2: they, you go to you yeah. you fucking pass out because somebody drug you all of a sudden you wake up and your hair's completely different and they've modified you
1: yeah exactly and she then talks to him and that's our next clip
0: who's Danetska? don't you trust me I can keep a secret you know come on who is she
5: do you really want to know yes she's my mother
0: your mother she's so young
5: she's only 18 years older than me she left when i was 10 she went back to russia but i love her i loved her a lot more than my father did you know now what i don't know I really don't know. Sometimes
2: I think I hate her. I think of her all the time.
0: Let's not talk about it anymore. Drink your vodka.
2: She must have some kind of background in psychology, or maybe she has dealt with abuser before in her life because she knows exactly how to handle this guy. In this moment, she is doing such a good job of just basically biding herself time and trying to humanize herself while placating him at the same time.
1: Yeah. Well, then she starts seducing him, and they get to bone town here, and, you know, they get naked, and they're getting ready to get some stuff going on. However, he becomes the little engine they couldn't. Uh He thinks he can, he thinks he can, he thinks he can, he can't. So uh, we need to talk
2: about this sequence as well. Um yes. This ordinarily would be a sequence where, you know, the, the lovemaking you would be like, Oh, thank you movie. But in this case, she's doing this because she's trying to basically keep
1: herself alive. Yeah. This is not a thank you movie because yeah, it's just not,
2: yeah, this, this is her placating him uh, essentially, but this is not the, she finds out very quickly when uh, he's the little engine that couldn't, as Matt said, that trying to offer yourself sexually to a psychopath who may be impotent is probably, probably, Probably not the way that you are going to keep yourself healthy and safe.
1: Yeah. So uh, she pretty much tries to console him. Like, hey, it's not your fault. This happens. All that kind of stuff. And he still blames her for it since it's all her fault and starts hitting her uh, in the face in a really disgusting scene. That Actually, quite frankly, throughout a lot of things we've seen in our years of doing this really bothered me. Like a lot. Yeah, the way he's like fucking. This-
2: yeah, he, both the actress uh, and the actor in the sequence. Yeah. Are really selling it. I don't think he's really hitting her, you know, for real. Yeah, I don't obviously. think he
1: is either, but he does a good job of making it look like he is. And I'm like, well, goddamn, we, you know what? We need to actually I hate this character so bad. Good job on this actor, man. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, yeah.
2: The guy who plays Mark, um, Joe, um, Belog, Below, whatever, Joe, Blog, yeah, uh, guy who plays Mark, uh, and uh, Josie Bissett, who plays Daniela, uh, in this sequence, we need to talk also about Josie Bissett's way that she is selling her pain and actually like you know how she's like trying to like mask it so he can't get the better of her too at the same time like he's clearly hurting her but like she'll wince and she'll make a little bit of a noise but she'll snap too again where she won't look at him and look like in fear you know
1: yeah like she doesn't want to give him the the satisfaction of any of this so right
2: and it's it's a really important character moment to kind of discuss and i think she did an excellent job in this scene while, while doing that i feel like she really kind of portrays that strength because like every, with every hit but also i mean he really does start beating on her and it becomes extremely uncomfortable because like because she's being defiant towards
1: him he just fucking won't stop yeah it is just fucking Horrific.
2: Yeah. It gets really fucking brutal. And it started having flashbacks of House on the Edge of the Park. And it's it's about this moment that I realized holy fuck, this is Umberto Lenzi film. Then I'm like, oh god damn it. That's what I started yeah. dreading was like I started looking it up and looking up more information in this sequence. And it's at that point that I'm like, because I don't want to watch the woman be beaten. I'm trying to like not look at it too much. Yeah. You know, I'm distracting yeah, I mean, myself during the review. Yeah. I'll be honest. It was
1: fucking horrific. Yeah. I just I was not that I mean Like I said, all the years of us doing the show, that's something that may have gotten to me the most out of a lot of shit, so.
2: I haven't heard you sound this much in pain since House on the Edge of the Park, and that one was pretty rough, but I did the notes for that one, so you were kind of a little protected.
1: Yeah, I could kind of, you know, at times look with one eye open type shit you know yeah
2: or just kind of like ignore it and do what i did where i looked it up and you know did did some yeah, research yeah. well this is
1: oh, i'm doing research it's all right <laughs> right
2: and this is where i found out it's an umberto Lindsay film and i'm like of course it is and i'm like oh shit i hope this doesn't go as deep as what house on the edge of the park did because i know that's going to be a problem
1: for matt Oh, yeah. He rushes outside, and it's kind of raining outside. It's like having a breakdown moment. And she actually tries to leave with the RV, but he gets stuck, and tires just spin in the mud, and he comes back in. And that ends that 20 minutes so the sequence where she
2: tries to get away and the tires spin in the mud and then like she basically burns out the car or like it stalls out on her this this stuff this fight this sequence where like the beatings the the, the, just back and forth the way that they're like going at each other this had actual tension and was really well done for me oh yeah I I really liked this now the stuff with the boyfriend going into all of of these RVs and like looking for her I can you just get this the fuck out of the movie get that entire sequence like show him tailing some RVs and like going to RV park sure but like make it a, like maybe a minute or two you know and then like come back to what's going on with her and him and don't try and give me alleviation from the tension because you're trying to sell this sort of as a slasher movie but what this really is is a fucking psycho movie and it's you know a psycho yeah. movie but also with a it's it's kidnapping at this point he's like a, a, a like an Ed Gein kidnapper and he's holding on to this lady he's slowly transforming her into his mother and we have this first head to head battle with the two of them and that stuff is way Way more interesting and entertaining. It's just two fucking people in a fucking camper. And it's way better to me and way better done than any of the stuff with the boyfriend traveling around and his misadventures with assaulting a black man after breaking into his camper.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh yeah, I, d- I didn't get all with the boyfriend searching and getting in trouble there. Just just leave him searching no need for him checking out actual rvs or the wrong rvs
2: right because it's the same Uh, fucking rv they just dressed it differently anyway for this sequence and it it, the film's what like an hour and 36 some odd minutes you could you could trim this down to an hour and a half just by dropping that subplot almost
1: exactly you really could yeah it's
2: okay it's an hour and 35 minutes according to imdb and you can always trust the internet to give you facts yeah. Um, yeah. Right. But like an hour and 35 minutes, you trim out that fight. You're definitely taking care of that five minutes. You get rid of that whole subplot of him looking through RVs and just have the phone call where he's talking about where he's looking for and the police aren't doing anything. You know, then maybe one shot of him trolling an RV park or asking questions like he did with the guys on acid or what the fuck ever. But like, don't have him going around trailing RVs. That's fucking boring. And no one wants to see that exactly (laughs) it's a decision that i just i don't i don't fucking understand and this is like one of the more frustrating parts of the film is all the good stuff is the horrible things that are happening in the trailer and anytime anytime we go outside of the trailer the tension is gone and because it's the wide open world and they try to make up for that by having the tension where you know whoever's coming up to the trailer from the open wide world you know are they going to discover her to be able to save her in time and they keep trying to do that and because they go back to the well a couple of times with that as our Is someone else going to discover it? It, That kind of loses its tension as well because it it just repeated too much. And I just cut that back a little bit, shortened that a little bit. Yeah, right. You know, I'm not saying that this makes it a bad film at all. I'm just saying that, like, as I, as I have watched as many of these types of movie slashers or kidnapping slasher films, like these kinds of tension thriller, you know, even just a serial killer who is keeping a victim alive like this in the movie for a certain amount of time, and we're just waiting for the hammer to drop. You don't you don't step away from that tension once you have it. You just keep ratcheting it up and making it worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think, I think when they do that... When they when they cut away from it and they go and do these other parts of the story, they're undercutting that altogether. And after the after the fight that's happening here, I mean, and, and what we have where the it gets wrecked and she's clearly going to be stuck there. And, uh, you know, she can't get away in the camper and like she probably can't get away on foot because he could probably catch her, you know, in that rain in the mud or what have you like. Mm. That hopeless moment here, like this is where you start relieving some of the tension, but give us all of this sequence where he drugs her and then she comes to and her hair's already cut, you know, and then, yeah. you know, we, we, and we see that he cut her hair or whatever, but she comes to with her haircut after that sequence, like keep it with them, man. That's the most interesting part of the story. All the other stuff is just filler. Like, and it just feels like filler and you feel the runtime for all of that stuff, but yeah. the stuff in the camper is actually really fucking good and actually pretty tense. It's-
1: yeah, it is. Uh, more stuff in the camper probably would have made this, you know, would have made it a lot harder to watch, of course, but for the right reasons, because it was intense, well-acted kind of stuff so
2: right but i mean okay so he knocks her out again or whatever happens you know and like obviously he's going to punish her a little bit or something we we think we're going to see that or whatever but Mm -hmm. um what what i'm saying is once this wreck happens this is where you cut away to relieve some of the tension because you you ratchet it up to that point and then you let people breathe because we're at the 40-ish minute mark right
1: yeah i mean that's not wrong.
2: Yeah, so we, uh, we get we we're gonna have to have a change of something that happens, and that's what this wreck is supposed to be. But yeah. like, you wait until this wreck happens that you show the boys the boyfriend is investigating our uh, investigating RV parks. So that way, you know, well, he's in the wrong fucking area, so he's definitely not coming to save her because we already know that. We just have seen fifteen minutes of se- segments that have been showing us that, give or take. Yeah. um But like, you know, that that keeps the tension going, or at least that's just kind of. And I'm not. I sound like a fucking armchair director, but like that's what i was feeling while i was watching it i was like i don't want to watch any of this you know and i just feel like that could be gone you know i if i watch this again i would probably fast forward that shit until we got to the stuff in the camper and that makes me feel like a psychopath who just wants to watch a dude torture somebody
1: yeah right just and clip what it is (laughs) why but the next 20 minutes starts the boyfriend calls the sister again kind of gives her an update says that he'll you know he'll find her and that she shouldn't worry Uh, so I guess that, you know, all right, good for him. Uh, anyway, then he talks to a gas station attendant who actually remembers Mark and his RV and mentions that the guy was wearing these mirrored shades, which that, you know, gets the boyfriend, uh, interested because he remembers a guy, you know, he remembers Mark the killer, you know, at the, uh, Uh, the party they were at because he's wearing those shades
2: see this stuff is good keep this shit in and wait until now to show the boyfriend like i was saying this is good
1: yeah yeah this is all right you know as long as it's not all fucking about this dumbass, you know boyfriend going well i'm just gonna go ahead and
2: break into campers and fucking assault people like a douchebag yeah yeah
1: yeah (laughs) you know and it's so people whose campers i just broke into like an asshole
0: clip (laughs)
1: so anyway uh so then um mark is uh we cut to mark taking various nude photos of danielle while she is drugged and passed out this had to be
2: super uncomfortable for you this was a moment where i was getting ready to text you again and tell you i was sorry yeah
1: this was uh this wasn't this was not anything good uh this was uh definitely really fucked up this one makes you test your metal about what you can and can't watch you know what i mean uh th- that's that's one that I paused it and uh, actually took a little break took a little break from the movie and uh played some video games and uh just got my mind off of that uh because i was uh I wasn't very you know I was just like nah I Uh, I just can't right now
2: okay we do need to let the audience know that it's not that the photographs were all that explicit it's that um, he is posing her body as if she is posing for him in an erotic like centerfold like playboy style and just snapping all these like photographs of her naked and posed and this is she
1: is quite obviously drugged and passed out yeah
2: she's clearly unconscious which makes it that's what makes it super super fucking disturbing but it's it's not like super graphic in its content it's just the implication and because Matt is an individual who has empathy and cares about other people, he had empathy for the victim in that moment and was so disgusted, that is why he needed the break.
1: Yes. Yes. this is these These are all facts. Yes. I, on the other hand,
2: who apparently have no empathy at all, just barreled all the way through that sequence feeling slightly queasy about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What are you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm much more desensitized than you, I suppose when it comes to movies because I can block it out because I know it's not real life whereas yeah. you you still have that suspension of disbelief for a lot of things where you forget that this is not a real like event that you were witnessing
1: well, it's not, and, and, you know and I have to admit it's not that I realize this is all fake and you know it's a goddamn movie, but I also know people go through this in the real fucking world. And, you know, people have had this done to them in the real world. And then you think to yourself, holy fuck you know why does
2: this have to happen this is uh, such a violation and no one should ever have to go through this and yes it is absolutely yeah. fucking horrific absolutely yes but I don't think about that while I'm watching the movie I just think my god this poor girl what a horrible thing to happen to this character yeah right I try not to worry about all that other stuff even though my anxiety wants me to think about it too I totally feel you man but for some yeah. reason when that's why I love movies as much as I do because for some reason when it comes to movies I'm only focusing on the characters and I don't worry about other things
1: and that. That's nice. That's nice. I wish I can get to that so, at some point.
2: Yeah, that's what uh, I. That's what I want. That's what I love movies for, though, because like everybody's got that escape. Some folks, it's video games.
1: Yeah, right. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, after we see this part, uh, then we see her very obvious. Uh, she's awake. Like her eyes are open, but you can tell she's not there. Uh, she and Mark's like feeding her milk, probably just to. Try to help her, you know, so she doesn't. Uh, I would assume overdose and die. Yeah,
2: he essentially. Too early. Yeah, he essentially overdosed her. He knows he overdosed her so that he could keep her unconscious for all of this, and now he's yeah. just trying to make sure that she will stay alive and that you know the drugs in her system will eventually wear off and she won't die. That's all he's doing. He's just doing maintenance on his fucking object that he's got here.
1: Yeah, it's an, it's not even a person anymore. It's an object. No matter what he says. Yeah, this this is not a person.
2: No, he is not treating her like a person
1: at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not even a little bit. And I, I think
2: um, I, I think the sequence is extremely realistic, and is, which is why you found it so disturbing. And again, this is all stuff that is the best stuff that's in the and movie. And
1: it's also it's also right on the heels of that you know, beating he gave her because he couldn't get a hard on
2: clip, but also absolutely true. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. no, you're not wrong. Like, it's just, it doesn't let any of this go. And I just feel like they just needed to continue to ratchet up the tension, but that would have made this a last house on the left uh house on the edge of the park kind of feeling of a film. And yeah. I think they just kept trying to soften the edges. And I, I don't know, it feels like maybe some of that stuff was inserted later to force it to be a happier ending, you know, or, or at least like, and, and like some of this stuff where the boyfriend comes looking for, her, like, like they're trying to lighten the tone just a little bit because they knew that all the stuff in the camper was super fucking dark
1: yeah maybe
2: you know like maybe Um, producer interference like i'm starting to get that feeling now that we're talking about it you know
1: yeah something like that i mean all right but and uh but she finally gets conscious again and that's actually our next clip how's it going
0: i don't feel good i'm dizzy i don't remember anything How long did I sleep?
5: For a while. But everything's gonna be okay now, don't you worry about it. Are you mad at me?
0: No.
5: I have a surprise for you. Do you know what day it is today? It's my birthday. I'd really like to take you out to a nice restaurant. Dancing even. Yeah.
0: Let's go out. You wanna go out? Please?
5: You know perfectly well that's not possible. You try to leave me. But I couldn't take that.
0: But listen, let's make a deal. You take the handcuffs off and I'll accept your invitation. We'll celebrate here just the two of us. And I won't try to escape, I promise. Oh, boy.
2: Yeah. Ugh.
4: Ugh.
2: Anybody who's ever seen any of these kinds of, like, you know, kidnapped victim trying too big for their life or any of that kind of stuff in a film before, you you know where this is headed. You know what's about to happen. And yeah, after everything that we've just seen... We all know this is not going to get any better. and Exactly. And that's the part where him placating her like this and making her think like everything's going to be okay. We know this trick. Like, you know, yeah. if you haven't seen something like that before, I feel like maybe you would be just as surprised as her when this happens, because you think maybe he is happy now, maybe, but you, you pretty much know you're watching a horror movie. And that's not
1: going to be the case. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're like, hey, what's uh, what what can happen here? <laughs> he's he's just gonna be so nice to her, and everything's gonna be a okay. Yeah, that's not how it goes. So anyway, uh, but he promises to let her go, of course, in exchange that she'll spend the day with him and have a nice birthday with him and all this other shit. So, uh, we cut to the birthday party time, and there, you know, he gets her a pretty dress and all this kind of stuff, and it's a dress that looks exactly like you know that the one his mother's wearing in the picture they have
2: yes thank you for Um, mentioning that because i would be remiss in not
1: letting you go on that yeah yeah uh yeah unfortunately she she looks just like his mom. Yeah, this uh, whole
2: birthday sequence is even fucking creepier because, come on, let's face it. Everybody that is within the sound of my voice currently knows that he's not only fucking lying to her about letting her go. It's not even his fucking birthday. This is just some fucking sick game he wants her to play with him.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's not his birthday as all.
2: Yeah, and as long as so, she goes along with whatever he wants on his birthday, like, he's going to be happy for now. But this is all just a sick game to manipulate her and see what he can get her to do, basically.
1: Uh, Yeah, right? Well, anyway, uh, more than anything else, uh, you know, more than all the other terrible shit that's kind of happening here, um, he, uh, uh, so he starts playing 20 questions with her as they eat and stuff like that. Uh, And he wants to know what her body count is, like how many people she's had sex with. And she's like, that shouldn't matter anything. And then he flips out... you know calling her a whore and all that kind of stuff yeah he goes from zero to
2: misogynist super fucking fast because like i'm pretty sure that if she wasn't a virgin in this exact moment anything but that answer would have been like she's a whore and then if she would have answered that she was a virgin or one he would have called her a prude
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, no i'm sure (laughs) he would have just called her a liar he would have called her a liar yeah Uh, no answer was gonna be right for him uh This is how you know he's way dangerous because nothing will placate him. He'll always get angry. This is why every girl he ever meets, no matter how much she'll look like his mom, act like his mom, all that will always end up dead because he has to kill him his anger is too deep
2: because they are a woman and he is transforming them into his mom in order to kill his mom yeah. over and over again for what she did to yeah. him yes it's the like serial killer 101 basic stuff that again in 1989 was they, they they got their stuff right for 1989 pretty fucking well so i'm i'm, I'm just giving it to like the at, at the time it works well for the psychology and what we knew of the psychology for the time especially yeah. in other horror films and for an italian film it's actually pretty impressive in that as far as facing the psychology side of things because a lot of the italian films that we've seen just kind of go more fantastical and over the top and out there just because it looks amazing the stuff that they shoot you know Yeah, right. But this film is extremely grounded and I find that very surprising for not only an Italian-made film, but for an Umberto Lenzi film because he also tends to go in more of an excess direction. But then when he does these kinds of films, he does have a bit more reserve and pullback. And again, I just feel like he wanted to make it something that was a lot nastier than what we ended up with here. And it feels like all the stuff that I was complaining about, the more that I think about it and the more that we see that kind of stuff, feels like that was shoved in later to make us feel better. I think the boyfriend was always going to investigate but i think some of the like the sequence where the boyfriend gets into a fight like i feel like that got forced to be put in later to try and pep up yeah, the film right and that kind of stuff or when he's following the other rvs and things like to stretch out the time and then also to lighten the mood or to give us moments of respite between all of this horrific psychotic shit like what i'm trying to do for the rest of the audience by all of these weird little fucking rants
1: yeah i gotcha so yeah he gets all pissed and uh then uh He tells her, you know, it's time to go to bed. We're going to bed. So there's that night that he's fast asleep and she's like, you know, checking the and She kind of goes investigating the whole house area, well, the RV area. And she's able to get through and she finds all the pictures he has taken. Not only just of her, but of... The dead women
2: there's a couple of them there's the one girl that yeah. we definitely saw that was dead and then the other ones were posed like uh, like uh, our main character yeah. Danella, and also is. had
1: uh, had haircuts
2: yeah and had haircuts as well but the one like yeah. again the one that had did not have her haircut at all and was just straight up murdered I think she just something just didn't work out in that yeah. at all he just straight up murdered her you know
1: yeah
2: uh, the, the picture of the other ladies I think um, that feels like something that they added in later just to kind of show that he's doing it more because you get the sensation by his actions that he's still learning what he wants to do and they're trying to make it seem like he's been doing this for a lot longer with all of the photos and this is the only time that we see it is in this sequence like all the extra photos is the only time that we see it is here because otherwise we just knew about the girl that he killed first off and then took photos of and now we're seeing her and like he took photos of her but like the other ones it feels like they're pushing again like it feels like they're trying to make it seem like he's already killed a bunch of other girls with the same pattern but I feel like that's a mistake because the way that he is acting and the way that he. He is coming up with things and trying things really seems like a guy who doesn't even know what he's doing yet. He's still trying to figure it out. That's true. Unless uh, unless this is supposed to be another game where he's tricking her into thinking, like at first, that maybe he doesn't know what he's doing, you know, and that she has a chance and then maybe here he's obviously let her see this stuff. Let's just Yeah. Let's let's just be frank. All the shit that is happening, he is in control of it when it's in the camper. Let's face it. Like that's that's I think so, yeah. I think it's more than obvious at this point. So the fact that she can get up and roam around while he's a fucking asleep, that's very much because he intended it that way. And the reason she found the photograph so easily is because he left them so that she could find them intentionally like that's all obvious and like i thought that while i'm watching this but that doesn't make it any less tense and it doesn't make me enjoy it any less i just know that that's what's happening and as a matter of fact that makes me feel a little queasier at the moment and makes me more worried for her Because I'm like, you think you're getting one up on him. You think you're going to get out of here. You think he didn't want you to do this anyway for his fun. You know, like this is all part of his fucking game. And I can appreciate the filmmaking aspect of that where they're doing this and continue to ratchet up the tension like this and just like let it unfold to where he seems like he's more of a mastermind. And like, you know, maybe at this point we really have to realize as an audience, maybe he has been doing it this long, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, right jesus christ well yeah and then the next morning uh she's all dressed ready to leave and he's he's like what are you what are you doing he goes she goes well it's our deal you know i get to leave now and he's like yeah that was never gonna happen and he's like you don't think i knew you were up last night going through and he goes you found the pictures didn't you he goes how can i let you go now and he reties her up and all this shit and he's just being a, a a dick and, uh, she's kind of like, you know, you promised and all this and yeah, like that meant anything to him.
2: So again, this is all just a game for him and the disappointment yeah. and the fear and the shock on her face. This is all things that are giving him pleasure. Yeah. Dude can't yeah, get a boner he unless he's torturing now. somebody. That's all he wants it for. Like, that's all he, and he wants. All, and
1: he has the control now.
2: Yeah, that's all it's about is just to keep showing yeah. her that her life is in his hands at all times and that she will never get away unless he lets her. So she better placate him. It's the Serial Killer 101 shit, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. um So, uh with all this being said, uh, he um, says that she actually, with her stunt the night before, trying to drive away in the rain she actually uh, snapped a belt on the fucking car so or on the RV so he has to go get a new one so he travels into town and he actually sees her boyfriend questioning the RV guy uh the guy who rents RVs and he hears him give the description that he wears mirrored sunglasses so he's if he sees him to let you know the boyfriend know and uh so him hearing this he gives this sick smile like he's the smartest guy in the world and he decides to say "fuck it," and he uh, tosses his sunglasses. So now we don't get to know, you know, you know, no one will go off that, you know, uh, description. Right. Um,
2: he's trying to get rid of the main thing with the mirror and sunglasses, so that you know, because he's a guy in an RV, he fits everything else yeah. about it. Why be the perfect match?
1: Yeah. Exactly. So that sucks because, you know, you kind of want him to get busted at this point. Again, this is Um, what
2: I was talking about where they repeat that whole, like, it's so close that maybe someone will save her now, but no, he keeps skating and gets away. Because again, it's outside the RV. It doesn't quite work as much. It doesn't have as much tension. We do kind of wish that she would be able to get away, but we all kind of know that once we look down at the running time, that that's not going to happen yet. Yeah. She's not going to be rescued yet.
1: Then we see a guy he's traveling and he sees the rv and he goes looking around it and he starts asking if anyone's there but all he's there to do is to rob it and he steals actually her walkman player uh that was laying in the front seat and then just leaves with even even yes not even noticing her at all we also got to talk
2: um, about there's some interesting filmmaking moment here that i really liked where she tries to knock over a bottle to get attention you yeah. know, like, to see if somebody will check or whatever.
1: Or, yeah, knocks over the vodka bottle, yeah.
2: Right, but she does it at the exact same time that he busts out the window with his elbow, so, like, he doesn't hear yeah. it, doesn't notice it, and just doesn't think anything of it because already breaking glass. And then, yeah. again, because he's a dude who just broke into an RV to steal a fucking auto-reverse fucking tape deck that hangs around your neck, he just runs off with it because, like, fuck th- whatever else is going on, I want to get away with this thing. He, yeah, right. That's That's it. He's just trying to sell that shit for drugs, obviously
1: yes obviously something or just money anything he can get his hands on
2: right you don't break into an rv to just steal a fucking walkman if you're not looking for a quick buck
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm sorry, that's the end of that twenty minutes. Uh, if you want to talk, because we're getting ready to go into the final thirty.
2: All right. Again, we already kind of talked about it a little bit, but um as far as the inside and outside of the camper stuff, the repeat thing that we were just talking about right before we hit the end of the 20 minutes, that's all kind of the stuff that I wanted to focus on because this is the parts where I'm losing sort of my interest. Uh yeah. The mirrored sunglasses thing and him almost coming close. Uh, that kind of works because at least the mark, the psychopath is there and they're still, they kind of get a good trifecta going of, will he figure out that that's the dude with the mirrored sunglasses? You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. uh, Will, will he figure out, you know, who this guy is? and find that particular RV
2: right and another way that they could have done it because basically what they're trying to do and you can tell in this sequence they're trying to get to where the boyfriend or the ex-boyfriend gets to the trailer to rescue the girl that's what we really want in the story that's what we would want as a happy ending they'd be yeah. reunited and their strength as a couple will save them you know that's yes it's, it's epic storytelling that's what you want uh, mm. we know that's what they're trying to do and I would say the easiest thing to do at this point for the movie would just be to have him be asking the questions or asking about whatever and then just have him see Mark as he's asking the question, toss the sunglasses out. Then Mark basically goes where he needs to go and takes off. and then he sees those sunglasses, right? Yeah. and basically, Mark doesn't know who he is. He goes and offers Mark a ride to wherever he's going.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. and Mark gets a ride from him. Oh, yeah, with you know, it, you know, he has uh, uh, Danielle like hidden in the back. So, yeah, that'd be something right and, uh, and that
2: would be a way to really kind of ratchet up and increase that tension and then you have this whole thing where it's right outside the camper and you just don't know and that would be unbearable to watch yeah like like it, oh, yeah. it would be so much suspense and tension now this is what i thought they were gonna do and like i got really excited when that idea popped into my head i mean it doesn't happen but like i wanted that at that exact moment and that's why i wanted to bring yeah. that up right now at this 20 minutes like because at that point i was like oh my god did he see mark throw those out please tell me he saw mark throw those out you know like let's let's right. go that direction and then it doesn't happen and i'm like oh damn that's oh shit and then i'm thinking in the back of my head like maybe i shouldn't even share this on the show because like that's that's something i would really love to see in the film for tension yeah right (laughs) maybe i should save that idea but no i'm giving it all to you everyone out there in (laughs) cinema psyops land that's an idea for the people
1: oh you psyops folks (laughs) so all right we we start the final 30 minutes now um getting a ride back to the uh van uh mark uh actually they hear a radio report uh that they found a girl's body in the swamp uh so he automatically turns that off because he doesn't want to hear it he gets back to the rv sees it's been broken into the smash bottle and he's kind of freaking out even though danielle's still there handcuffed he still is completely free then we cut to a wet t-shirt contest where you know, this this was filler, but it was filler with boobs, and some of the only boobs Thank you can get a thank you movie. Thank you, yeah. movie. Thank thank you movie. Thank you. Thank movie. you. Thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, movie, thank you, movie. Thank, movie, you movie. thank you, <laughs> thank you, movie. <laughs> I think we have
2: them all covered, right? I think so.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Just to make yeah. sure, yeah.
2: in general, for that, for this entire sequence, thank you, movie. But I also wanted to point out having us lusting over girls in a wet T-shirt contest at a water park when it's but the guy's clearly saying this is a family joint. Why are we doing this and stuff like the, the announcer, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, and then the disproportionate amount of pierced nipples in that contest as well had me kind of like questioning what the fuck was going on and when this fucking sequence was shot for this movie.
1: Right? Because I'm like Jesus Christ. Because I,
2: I went back again, I had to look up the movie. I'm like 1989, there's a disproportionate amount of pierced nipples in this sequence. Yeah, right. It was like two or three of the five ladies in the contest,
1: right? Yeah. It seemed that way.
2: And it was, again, it was five ladies in a wet t-shirt contest. But again, they're also just popping their tops and showing their tits off, too. Like, yeah. each one of them. And one of them just fucking takes her top off and throws it out in the audience. And when she throws it out in the audience, the audience catching it, there's fucking kids behind them in a water park.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, guys. What are we doing here? <laughs> it's at this point, I give zero fucks about
2: everything else that happened in this film and just really enjoy how fucking insane this sequence is. And I automatically yeah. am like, you know what? No, I love this film now.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? You're like, hey, this, this film's all right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, everything's Okay. Right now,
2: (laughs) (laughs) but realistically speaking, in a movie that is like a psychosexual drama and serial killers, the objectification of women that happens in this sequence is a bit uncomfortable. And I think they were trying to do that in such a way as to make you question your own lust on women while watching it.
1: Yeah, quite possibly that is that might be correct. Maybe
2: maybe I'm giving them too much credit in that, but I also want to just give them this and say that that's the case. That that's why they put the sequence in, not because they needed to up the tit quotient.
1: Yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah.
2: That's the justification I'm using in my own head for not feeling like a misogynist for everything else that I
1: just said before in this sequence. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> um, well, anyways, the boyfriend's kind of walking around there. He sees the dude trying to sell that Walkman. Well, he gives him money to tell him where he got it. So uh, the guy leads him right to the RV. He gets The boyfriend gets in there, frees Danielle. And then when they're worn out, Mark's there. And he actually gets the drop on Mark and beats him up. And now you're starting to think, hey, maybe, maybe this is going to be all okay now. <laughs> I mean, they kind of got you freaked out here because, you know, they got it. But those of us who know the
2: runtime at this exact moment and realize that we still have about 16 to 20 minutes left.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, we know that nothing good is going to happen from this confrontation, no matter how much Mark's getting his ass kicked right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. That. uh that is, that is true. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so then, uh, they run, but of course, Mark catches up with him driving the RV and holds them at gunpoint and says, listen, this now it has real bullets in it. So this could be your problem. So he cuffs them both and uh, the boyfriend has tape in his mouth and he cuts the boyfriend the side of his face, like inside of his mouth. Yeah. He and, gives him half a Glasgow smile. Yeah, exactly. Um, He tortures him in a bit by punching him a lot right in front of Danielle.
2: That was to torture her. And also just because he's still pissed off about the ass kicking that he got.
1: Yeah. Right. That, uh, how, how could he, you know, how could he beat me up? That's, that's horrible. Uh, so, uh, after all of this, uh, he has a weird moment where he walks around outside and he talks with this, you know, fucking bird. Um, and I'm like, all right cool so (laughs) anyway yeah it does not
2: need to be there it's not really i didn't like it either and i think that they're just trying to establish just how much more delusional he is yeah because like they almost try to make it seem like the birds actually answering him we just can't hear it
1: yeah exactly so anyway he uh goes back in uh after having his weird moment with the bird uh like a lot of these weird moments probably could be done right i mean we we don't probably really need them.
2: No, I agree with you. I don't think we needed that sequence with the bird like at all. That was not
1: worth it. Yeah, I, I just don't think so. All right, so then he goes inside, and the boyfriend's. He's like really thirsty, and he goes, "Oh, you're thirsty. Well, you know, let me let me help you uh, with uh, with all that." And he does uh, by making him drink vodka, which is probably doesn't feel that great on the cut he has. Um, he did it
2: intentionally because he's still sore yep. about getting his ass kicked.
1: Oh yeah. Well, uh then all of a sudden the boyfriend, like, uh he gets ready to get real rapey with Danielle, takes the boyfriend's eyes shut, and while he's trying to get rapey, which you're kind of like, uh you know, you already tried this once, my man, and it didn't work out for you. But, he knows okay. he can't
2: get to completion. Um, he's just trying to make her scream enough it, so that the guy will say something yeah. so he has more of an excuse to hurt him even more.
1: Yeah, though well, the boyfriend yells out that he loves her and she says I love you too and so then Mike admonishes the boyfriend saying that she's a total slut and she fucked everyone. Uh he even said she uh had sex with uh, a derogatory derogatory term for a person of color, the big N word. So Yeah, he uses uh, racial slurs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he she was he said she even gave herself to me," you know, all this kind of stuff and you're just like, "Huh?" Uh, uh, oh, all right um wow what a what a jerk you are so anyway do you think she um,
2: actually told him her complete sexual history just to placate no, him
1: no i don't think so i think he's just saying things that he thinks will hurt the boyfriend
2: okay i agree with you there i know he's saying that shit specifically to hurt the boyfriend but do you think you don't think that she told him any
1: of that i don't think so
2: yeah he's just making it up as he goes along and he, trying to he, say the most offensive and hurtful things he thinks in fine yeah
1: that he thinks because he probably thinks the boyfriend cares. About, like, who she's had sex with. Because he thinks he's got to think like me, right? You know, because he's that fucking stupid.
2: Well, or self-absorbed or delusional or what have you. But, yes, whatever he's doing, it's clearly just to try and hurt the guy. And he's a fucking psychopath. So let's move on.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so, anywho. Uh, so then after that, um, the boyfriend actually asks why he does this in our next clip. Why? Why are you doing this? Because you're a
5: traitor. You're a worm. Just like that fucking tennis pro who ran away with my mother. I was 10 years old when he took Danetska away from me. But you can bet that I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm not going to let you take Danetska away from me. Watch
1: this. Okay. Yeah, I kind of just wanted that in there just as it kind of explained where he's at. So was, we find out why his mother isn't there, and it's because she ran away with a, a tennis pro back to russia right probably a way it was probably one of those you know almost like russian bride type things for an older man you know so
2: i think that's exactly what it is she was a russian bride and then she ran off back to russia with some of the money in a tennis bro.
1: yep pretty much so you know that i guess can really fuck up a kid right mark's going to stab uh uh her in 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 the in the the underplace okay okay since
2: you can't say it i'll fucking say it he threatens to ram the knife into her vagina and cut her up and basically murder her by doing that in front of her boyfriend as a way to get a rise out of him so that he has another excuse to hurt him even more physically yeah yeah that's
1: that's that's right yes
2: you're welcome Uh, i know this shit makes you super uncomfortable so i'm just gonna fucking say it for you
1: not, not really. It's yeah. I'm, I, I don't do well with it. Um, As you shouldn't,
2: man. It's fucking disgusting. It's grotesque and it's pretty yeah. horrific. And the film really pushes you making making you think that he was getting somewhat into the underwear already and may have been starting to cut her before anything happens. Like it really pushes it in this. It's uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, big time uncomfortable. Um. So anyway, um. Well, the boyfriend calls him a son of a bitch, and this pisses him off because he doesn't like what anybody says anything bad about mommy, dearest. And he starts uh, kicking him in the nuts, like, a lot, so that can't feel good at all. And
2: he's also kind uh, of stomping on it the way he's doing it, too, because the guy's yeah. still on the chair, so he's just kind of, like, kicking him, but, like, in a downward motion on the chair, too.
1: Yeah. So he's, like, it's, he's
2: stomping his fucking crotch.
1: Yeah. It doesn't seem comfortable. <laughs> doesn't
2: seem like his twig and berries are going to survive this onslaught.
1: No. No, do doesn't seem like a lot of good times are happening right now.
2: Yeah, it's fucking grotesque. It gets really horrific
1: yeah oh yeah way bad so uh then uh he drives the rv to a drive-in movie they own he's watching a movie while the other two just suffer in the back um and then he goes back and the boyfriend is actually able to get his legs like around and pushes mark up against the wall, of the RV, and he starts like almost choking Mark with his legs. He was he and, was doing like a scissor yeah.
2: hold with his feet, but Mark kept weaseling out. And the guy's obviously yeah. weak after having his balls stomped so much. But he, yep. he does and really good, and he tries. He almost he, puts him out.
1: He almost does, but Mike's able to get loose, and then he he uh, he kills the boyfriend.
2: As you would after that happened, he's done with him.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he stabs him and kills him. Um, Okay, this
2: sequence was really kind of interesting because the outside world, in this case, happened to be a drive-in, and he's Mm. really pressing his luck here right now. And the tension for all of this stuff worked, and then the fight that happens inside the RV, where they're cutting to the outside of the RV, and you don't even see the RV rocking with all of the fighting that they're doing, and, like, the way that he's choking them and stuff, and there's no indication of what's going on. Like, this stuff really built tension well. This is, like, the one moment where they're showing us inside and outside the RV in the real world that it works together in conjunction the way they're cutting it to build tension so much better than this shit with the cops wanting to look in earlier you know
1: yeah right yeah um so anyway uh we we go to the next day and he's actually still parked at the drive-in and the guy comes up and he's like hey you really can't be here and he gives him some money and the guy was like oh i'll take it he goes hey just make sure you're out here before security comes around because they get really pissy about things um so he leaves, and then he comes to a line of cars, and he sees there's a roadblock. Well, apparently he finds out there's a bank robbery, and one of the guys got injured, so they're checking every car. Well, he goes, kind of walks around, and he sees the RVs leaking blood. Uh, and right before Mark's about to get checked, you think, hey, they're busted. The cops get a radio call that they caught the guys, and they let everyone go.
2: This was like, okay, guys, you've already pulled this with a set of cops once before. Now you're going to do this big production roadblock. Why not yeah. Why not do this, you know, just do this. Do this one, leave the other one with the girl where you think she's going to get rescued by the cops or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> you know, they're really pushing the point is what I'm getting at by this one. Yeah. And I like the roadblock one a lot, especially with the blood dripping out. I thought the tension in this was great, but it's like, you guys have done this before, man. The cops aren't going to help. Cops don't yeah. help anyone
1: ever. That's right. The fuck? So, anyway, then he drives a little bit more, and then he tries to wake Danielle up, but she appears to be very dead. Well, then he drives into an abandoned old car junkyard, and he wields them both into different trunks. Uh, As he's leaving, he hears a horn, and he sees some random guys driving into the junkyard, so he leaves. I don't think he had a
2: chance to weld her trunk. I think he dropped her in, and the guy showed showed up. He only welded the one trunk shut. Can we just talk about that for a moment? If you're trying to hide a body, and you don't want a car to be suspicious, what's the one thing you don't want to weld together so obviously?
1: Yeah, a trunk. It's going to look really like something else. (laughs) Shh.
2: yeah you're welding a trunk shut it looks like a trunk got welded shut and you know what you know what somebody's gonna want to do when they see that even they, in a junkyard
1: they want to try to get it out of there
2: yeah they're gonna be like what's in that trunk that's welded shut man maybe there's something worthwhile in there
1: yeah right yeah i mean why when would there be so uh n- not not good <laughs> not a wise
2: decision to hide a body in a fucking trunk in a junkyard in such a manner
1: yeah exactly um So, yeah, so none of that's good. Uh, so, uh, so then we cut to, we're in the city, we're at dad's office. And he's kind of staring at this girl hitchhiking, so you can tell he must be getting the itch again. Uh, then he and his dad hear a news report of a man's body being found in a junkyard. Uh, anyway, so the dad asks him what his plans are, and he says he thinks he's going to take the RV up uh, at the coast again, which he does. As he's driving, he picks up this girl, and before you can really see her, they're driving away, and these bikers come up, and they're like, hey, pull over and let's share this girl together. So these bikers got insanely rapey. So that's kind of really fucked up.
2: Yeah, that was really gross, really fast. Like they kept kicking yeah. the the truck and stuff. I couldn't tell if they were trying to fuck with them or if they were just being assholes just for having fun or if they were being serious. Um, I kind of wonder if the RV would have actually pulled over if they would have been serious anyway, even if they were just joking. But I get the inclination the movie wanted me to believe that these were rapey apocalypse bikers that just so happened to be at the same area they were at
1: yes yeah it's just it's it's really bad but anyway they drive away and uh he finally you know gets away he says hey want a coke and uh we see the lady is none other than a very armed danielle in our final clip come on you want some no
0: i don't want to sleep like the last time Daniela. yes it's me
5: then you're not dead after all
0: no i was only pretending i was dead but I really owe my life to the man who saved me in the junkyard.
5: You were very, very lucky.
0: And you're not, Mark. No one's going to
1: pull you out. No, Daniela, please. Don't do this. Have mercy.
0: No, you didn't have any mercy on me.
1: And right after she says that, we hear bang, bang, some free shots of both their faces. He is obviously very dead. Roll credits. <laughs>
2: Okay, so this little ending here where uh, he takes the RV out again, picks up a hitchhiker, and it turns out to be Danielle, that was tacked on later on. Really? Yeah, they decided they wanted a happier ending after all of the darkness and awfulness that we saw, and that is why it was tacked on, my man.
1: Huh, wow. How about that? Yeah. Jesus.
2: Yeah, I know. Uh, it seems kind of- So originally it just ended that they were dead and he got away with it, huh? Kind of. I think it was he was visiting his dad and then they find her body in the trunk. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There was a news report. They that, found evidence or something. Yeah, they found the bodies in the trunk. And so, like, maybe he decided it was time to move on again, you know, or something yeah. like that, um, whatever it was. Or he's just going to stay put to hide out for a while and keep the RV in storage. Yeah you know something maybe something along those lines so uh, when mm. I was when I was saying that this is basically psycho inside of an RV um, that's like the the selling way of telling the story clearly the story does kind of change a little bit and deviate from that and they come up with their own ideas the movie does a lot of interesting things uh, here and there but there's also some stuff that uh just kind of drowns the film out a little bit and the stuff that I have complaints with it's like the same complaints that I have with last house on the left where yeah. uh, they cut to the keystone cops who can't get a ride and have to ride on the hood of a fucking chicken truck, you know, because the lady yeah. won't drop the chickens or give them the the car, you know, that kind of dumb shit where they cut away with it and they try to do like comedy to relieve the tension and try to make you feel better. But all it does is just prolong your suffering because like you don't like that anymore either. And I feel like they're doing something similar like that with Hitcher and Dark. And I feel like if they just made this like, say a 77 minute movie and it all stays pretty much within the camper with just a few things that we were talking about where the boyfriend goes searching and you just make it gritty and rough and hard hard to to view like as much as it is and you don't try to lighten the mood
1: right I, I think just if you just let that go
2: right and i feel like from what we've seen with umberto Lindsay already that was what house on the edge of the park was they didn't really let up at all like and yeah it just, right? and it just kept going and kept building and it was a shorter fucking movie and i feel like that was the film that he intended to make and because i know and i saw on imdb that someone forced something into the ending there like a producer kind of forced a happier ending or they decided they wanted to oh. Someone decided they wanted a happier ending because they decided yeah. they wanted to change the tone and make it a sort of happier ending and they lightened the tone. I feel like it lessens the effect of the film and it kind of makes it feel more uneven and the stuff that's nasty, it almost makes it feel worse than, yeah, right? <laughs> than what what happened altogether. Like, I don't know, did they try to turn it into sort of a rape revenge movie at the end where that's where she shows up and she's going to get them, you know, but like... Then don't this footage of him welding the body of the dude in the trunk? Cool. But, you know, she gets welded in and then somebody rescues her and they just tell us that that's happened. Why not just have him dump the body and then, like, you know, someone found her, you know, if you want to do it that way, where he dumps the body in the trunk and he gets it shut. But then you actually just see the guy, like, you know, open up the trunk, you know, just cut to a guy opening up the trunk and then that's it. Cause the guy opened up the fucking trunk that she's in, you know? Just having her show up all of a sudden as the hitchhiker, you definitely can tell how fucking tacked on that is again maybe mm-hmm. maybe they just did that because they didn't want to have to change some more stuff and everybody's angry that this is what they're doing you know who, who fucking knows I don't know but like there's so much stuff where they've made decisions that happened in the final film that I find very frustrating and I don't like but overall I really did enjoy the film and the stuff that works is like the stuff that makes me the most uncomfortable and the most queasy and it's the most raw and that's kind of why I just wanted to distilled down to that you know yeah. because like I can, I can suffer through 77 minutes of sheer terror and hell like, like that you don't mm-hmm. even have to try to lighten the mood for me but I I feel like unfortunately if we cut all that other stuff we're going to lose that amazing sequence of that like uh, the the (laughs) fucking wet t-shirt contest with nibble piercings in 1989 that just like that non sequitur and it takes place in a family fucking fun park (laughs) like
1: what the fuck at one point I thought I saw kids there watching I was like what
2: there are what are we doing around here (laughs) there were there were definitely still children there and the guy who's doing the announcement definitely says there are this is a family park why are we doing this like he says that during the announcement something along those lines like it's such a weird non sequitur doesn't even fucking belong in this movie but for some reason it's just so insanely weird that I'm fine with it you know like yeah, right. th- th- they just threw it in it's just this weird surreal moment I'm totally cool with it yeah. maybe it has something to do with the fact that there's a lot of boobs all at once but I don't. Could
1: be yeah I mean in, you you are a disgusting
2: man. <laughs> You're not wrong uh, but, <laughs> but like the, the film's real uneven and it's kind of hard to get a grasp on it's kind of hard to get a tone and it's so very typical The, the of...
1: uncomfortable scenes though are very uncomfortable right and it's so give it credit yeah yeah
2: it's so very typical of an italian film is when it's time to get nasty it gets really fucking nasty yeah and that's yeah that's very typical of a lot of the italian as horror as as just
1: reminded me of uh, michael keaton and uh fucking uh beetlejuice right there really fucking nasty <laughs> don't know why just did <laughs> uh, maybe because i was channeling him
2: i don't know but I, uh, maybe yeah. yeah it's
1: it keeps getting funnier every time
2: I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and with that, Matt just pushed it into the point where doing PSYOP news is not going to happen
1: this week. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> We've taken way too much goddamn
2: time, so we're going to Uh-oh. go ahead and play the ending Legion promo and close out this
4: motherfucking show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network like Cinema Psyops, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, the Hell Mean Power Hour. Hello, this is The Doom Show. Hero Hero Ghost Show. Kill the Cast. Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. Jerry Hates Action. Legion After Dark. mental Health. Obsessive Cinema. Discourse. Pick Six Movies. The Podcast by The Cemetery. The Podcast on Haunted Hill. The Psycho Semantic Podcast. Rick Radio. House of Wax. Dude Looks Like the 80s. Rabbit and Red Radio. The Shade Cast. YouTube and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
2: Dead Kennedys with Winnebago Warrior, for those of you listening on the Pirate Radio Edit. And oh, man, I could not wait to play this fucking song when this movie was in my queue for this year. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. I love the way it takes fucking piss on <laughs> Winnebago's and RVs. <laughs> and I'm actually a fan of those RVs. <laughs> oh man (laughs) I still think it's fucking funny because he's not kind (laughs) of (laughs) wrong oh man if you would like to find other instances where court lovingly (laughs) portrays a song that talks about a lifestyle that he himself may actually enjoy and then besmirches it all at once that is available I don't think anywhere ever but if it's going to be anywhere it would be at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops in one of our previous episodes if that's something that I mentioned I don't I think that's a one instance where I have not at all, Matt.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think you've ever mentioned that stuff. So that's people are free and clear on that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you can also get your hands on all of our memes that we share to the people on Cinema Psyops uh, Instagram feed, which is Cinema underscore Psyops. It's aptly named. We just threw an in underscore instead of a space, and it's ours. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now it's ours. So thank you.
2: Those memes are also automatically shared, where you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shitfest known as Twitter, that has been reformed into a porn bot heaven. I am at court underscore Psyop there, and he is at Psyop Matt.
1: All those sweet, sweet porn bots.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's instantaneous, man. I, I post yeah. the memes on to the Instagram, and it goes directly from there to our tweeted twats on the
1: Twitters. Such great jobs by everyone there.
2: So. <laughs> absolutely and it also gets sent to our facebook group cinema psyops which is also aptly named if you are looking to try and find our facebook group
1: yeah yeah right <laughs> I, If you, you know post something and then get banned in uh, seven years yeah go ahead
2: oh jesus christ man okay so the post thing where i had to uh i had to turn on like post approval in the group for a while yeah luckily that only lasted for a few days and i think i hit stuff quick enough to where nobody noticed
1: oh that's good
2: yeah that, 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 they, that they had to wait like i'm i did as good as i could on that but um yeah. once i realized that that wasn't happening I, I i moved back on the group a little bit but like there was so many fucking warnings and like yellow flags and red flags that were happening to that group all at God once damn. like i thought somehow somebody got in the fucking group like like a bunch of operatives just kind of snuck in and started
1: trying to like bomb our group and yeah, fuck us up just just fucking us yeah yeah
2: no but it's actually new listeners like there's actual like full-fledged listeners that were getting flagged for shit left and right and like fellow jesus podcasters christ. and stuff and i'm like you fucking monsters what are you doing to us
1: what, what are you all doing man you goddamn animals
2: <laughs> i wouldn't have you bastards any other way but jesus christ don't yeah. get our group zooked and don't get yourselves sucked out there come on
1: yeah i mean fucking you don't know, get zooked. no I hear, you, I hear they don't even have a cream for that anymore
2: <laughs> well i am court psyops there on facebook when i am not zucked and matt doesn't have to worry about anything having to do with facebook zucking him because he hasn't posted there in how long now
1: uh, it's been a while. Yeah.
2: Well, you yeah. you can also yeah. try to email feedback to Matt, but I don't think that's going to work. Sciopmad at gmail dot com. I should just start forwarding those emails to my email.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't even know who you are anymore.
2: <laughs> well, my name is Court. I am the co-host and also the runner of the anarchy that is this barter town.
1: You can't run anarchy, <laughs> but I can right? run this fucking barter town. You can run barter town that's that i can't take that away from you yeah.
2: <laughs> again my name is court and you can reach me via the Bartertown email <laughs> of cinema court at gmail.com <laughs> jesus <laughs> and while you're out there fighting in your own personal thunderdome remember two may enter one may leave so kick the fuck out of that opponent and this week and make it your bitch
5: Recording on your side.
1: Yasatas, one, two, three. (laughs) Yas.
2: I am not sure what voice you were going for, but I don't know if it quite matches the voice I was going for. I don't know either. (laughs) For the record, I have no idea what voice I was going for other than it sounded like a character from Army of Darkness.
1: Yeah, like it really did. Like you're going to tell me to, you know dig up this old bag of bones and shit like that come on brother it's time to rise yeah welcome back to the land of the living now grab a shovel and start digging yeah it was pretty much all that
2: (laughs) all right so you're recording obviously you hear me okay you're coming through fine on my side what about this and that was nothing how about this
1: yeah Yes, that
2: I hear. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, the reason you didn't hear the other thing is I was on the uh, web browser for some reason when I hit the spacebar, It didn't automatically go to the sound plant that I normally use. Ah, well,
1: there you go. <laughs> All right, well, let's you stop. fucked uh, up. Yeah, let's let,
2: <laughs> hit her in the dark, right? That sound, that's yeah, what your clip's hit in it the about? dark. Okay. That's,
1: that's what I did.
2: Okay, yeah, that's also what I watched. So let's just fucking get this show over with then. Word up. All right, here we go.
1: You don't understand? She's a friend. Wait, listen. I have a lot of friends. I, I don't greet them like that. So, it, no, I can Way, I would never do that. That. That's a. That's a quick way to get my ass whooped.
2: I would just like to say that were my wife okay with it, I would greet any friend that would like to be
1: greeted this way. That's, um, hey, all right. Good, good for you, Court. <laughs> I'm a filthy whore, Matt. That's true. Uh, you would not greet me that way. Uh, so anyway.
2: <laughs> no, I would not greet you that way. I'm not really interested in greeting you that way. <laughs> I,
1: I would I would hope not. But now I'm also a little sad. So anyway. <laughs> uh, way to hurt my feelings. I, didn't, I thought this was sin of Psyhawks not hurt Matt Psyops' feelings for a night, but fuck it, whatever, I guess I don't care. Uh, So anyway. (laughs) Well, for the record,
2: making out may not be the way that I would greet you, but you would probably like the other way I would greet you much more.
1: Mmm. Fisting. (laughs) Wow! That escalated (laughs) quickly. It really did, did it? It jumped up a notch. Will Josie Bissett make it? Will
2: Daniela make it? You know, that's what we're looking for, you know? Yeah. And yes, I did just look up her fucking name because I couldn't remember it. All I knew is that I saw her on Melrose Place and didn't like her then either.
1: (laughs) She was on Melrose Place?
2: Yeah, she was one of the main characters. She was in like the bulk of the fucking show.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. I don't even remember her, but okay.
2: Uh... Well, you are talking to the guy who won trivia for us all with Peach Pit After Dark.
1: That's very true. Yeah, and then the the babysitting stories, right? <laughs> oh shit! Now I got lost here. Let's see here. Hold on. Uh oh. So.
3: Park uh, the cops, the first stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um. Uh. Let's
1: see here. I always get fucked on this. All right. Uh. God damn! I gotta learn to write better.
2: Uh, <laughs> or you have to start so, typing. Yeah. Right. And I was about to text you, like, I'm like, oh, shit, if this gets any worse, and I was about to text you, and I was about to be like, so, uh, I didn't realize this was an Umberto Lenzi film, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was about to
1: text you. My bad. Um, (laughs) Right, I fucked up, dude. Yeah, this, uh, this didn't go the way I thought it was gonna go. So, anywho. (laughs) Sorry, that's the end of that 20 minutes, uh, if you want to talk, because we're getting ready to go into the final 30. Give
2: me a second, too nice. All
1: right. Um. Uh, so anyway damn it Jesus Christ man fucking right better Um,
2: love how pissed you are at yourself
1: I am so we're going to uh, go
2: ahead and play the ending Legion promo and close out this motherfucking show unless you had more to say about the movie I'm assuming not nope
1: nope I'm good
2: There fighting in your own personal thunderdome remember two may enter one may leave so kick the fuck out of that opponent and this week and make it your bitch <laughs> now that was a segue
1: <laughs> that was fucking a definite segue <laughs> what are we doing mad max later holy fuck
2: <laughs> i don't know yeah, okay 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 like i'm people people are going to hear this obviously because i'm going to include it in the end before yeah. before you stop recording right but like yeah yeah which is sort of dipping his toe back in
1: oh to podcasting oh okay yeah I
2: when he's ready, I'm going to approach him about doing Thunderdome because I think it's time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got to do Thunderdome. Yeah. So T- uh, Tina Turner all fucked up and, you know, Mel Gibson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Well, if,
2: if he's ready, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I've stopped recording.
1: <gasps>